received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father, the mediator has adopted you. Welcome to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast. The following message is titled, Ye Are Children of Israel, and was spoken by evangelist Veni Azzolini. We hope and pray this message blesses your life. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at nlcclancaster.com. If you turn in your Bibles with me to the book of Ezra, chapter 1, Ezra chapter 1, while you're turning there, just want to give honor to Pastor Keller. Love him. He's been so kind to me, him and his family. And it is an honor to be here with you in Lancaster, Ohio this morning. I brought my wife with me today. And so you can rest assured that I won't preach too long. Because if I do, she'll give me the signal. She'll let me know. It's time to wrap it up. It's time to wrap it up. Amen. Amen. Ezra chapter 1. And we are going to read verses 1 through 3. give you a little background on this text here. The children of Israel are coming out of 70 years of Babylonian captivity. That's approximately three and a half generations of people that had been in bondage, that had been in slavery, had been in captivity. And this is where our text begins in Ezra chapter one and verse one. If you have it, say amen. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, The Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth, And he hath charged me to build him an house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all his people? His God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God which is in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Would you pray with me before we're seated? Jesus, we love you. We're so thankful to be in your house today. I pray that a fresh anointing would come on me right now to preach your word to your people. Lord, I pray that you would quicken me in the Holy Ghost today. Lord, I pray you would release the ministry of the word and the spirit to have free course in this building here today, that faith would arise in this atmosphere, and you would pour out of your spirit upon all flesh here today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. With the help of the Lord, I want to preach to you this morning, ye are children of Israel. Ye are children of Israel. Hallelujah. Now, when I was growing up many, many moons ago, uh, I'm getting a little bit older now. I'm getting a little bit older now. And uh, I, I remember when I was a teenager, you know, there were some nice things that I wanted. Perhaps you remember some of these nice things. I remember being a teenager, I wanted a Walkman. Does anybody remember those? A Walkman. 
I wanted a Walkman, and uh, and I wanted, you know, the latest and greatest gym shoes, which back then those were Air Jordans, Air Jordans. I wanted some Air Jordans, and, and I wanted all of these nice things, but the problem was is I had these three other siblings that also wanted nice things, and there was only so much cheddar to go around, and so I learned pretty quickly that if I wanted some of these nice things, I was going to have to get a J-O-B. Hallelujah. Yes. And so I started looking for a job. I remember I was 15 years old and, and there was this little health club uh, near the house where we lived and, and we were driving home one day and I said, mom, you got to stop. I said, there's a now hiring sign out there. I got to, I got to stop in and see if I can get a J O B. And so I walked in there and, and I said, I didn't even ask what the position was. I just said, I want the job, whatever it is. I I want the job. You know, it could have been CEO. I didn't know. And, uh, but I was ready for it, whatever it was. Cause I knew at the end of the week, they were going to give me a paycheck. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And so I went in there and I said, I, I'd like to uh, apply for the job. And if you've ever been through the job application process, you know that the first thing that they do is they hand you an application. And so this was my first introduction to the application process. And so they give me this application that I got to fill out. And the, the first thing that they want to know is what's your name? And so I wrote Ventura Azzolini, right? And that sounds made up. And so obviously they're like, hey, we need to see some ID. We need to see some ID. And I said, well, I don't blame you. It sounds like I'm in the mafia. So I'm going to have to produce some identification here. And so uh, I went out and I had to get an ID or a birth certificate or something and bring it to them and prove that I was indeed Ventura Azzolini. And then they asked me all kinds of questions about my history. They wanted to know what kind of job experience I had. And I said, taking out the garbage, you know, I, I hadn't done much at that point in life. And, uh, and, and they wanted to know really if I had ever done anything to mar my identity, if I had ever participated in anything that would disqualify me from the job that they were seeking to fill. Now, in this case, the job was uh, very simple. They just kind of needed a jack of all trades kind of guy. And I was perfect for that. Somebody to pick up trash in the parking lot, wipe, uh, wipe the whack, uh, the racquetball court walls off. Boy, that was a tongue twister there. And, uh, and so I said, Hey, I can do that stuff. I can do that stuff. And so I am very pleased to inform you that they gave me the job. Amen. Amen. And so they gave me this job. And once I got this job, they gave me something else. They gave me a new ID badge. Now, I was hot stuff with this ID badge, let me tell you. I felt like a big shot. Because this ID badge came with benefits. This ID badge not only allowed me in the building to clean the racquetball courts, but it allowed me in the building to use the health club. I got a free membership. It was my first ever perk. How many of you enjoy perks, amen? And so I had this perk, and I got to go in there and, and use the health club facility. And as you can tell from my physique, I've been going ever since. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not quite. Not quite. But they gave me this ID badge, and it gave me perks. It allowed me in. It allowed me to do the job 
that they were hiring me for. Now, returning to our text here, we have a very similar scenario. You have the children of Israel coming out of captivity, coming out of bondage, 70 years. And King Cyrus says, there's a job to do. We're going to go down to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. But in order to go, you have to be a child of Israel. You've got to prove that you are who you say you are. So I want to read another another of. Uh, text to you. It's Ezra chapter 2, and, and we're going to read verses 59 through 63. And these were they which went up from Telmala, Telharsa, Cherub, Aden, and Emer, but they could not show their father's house and their seed whether they were of Israel. In today's vernacular, that meant they had no ID. They couldn't prove that they were who they said they were. And these were the people that couldn't prove it. The children of Deliah, the children of Tobiah, the children of Nakoda, 650 and 2. And of the children of the priests, the children of Habai, the children of Koz, the children of Barzillai, which took a wife of the daughters of Barzillai, the Gileadite, and was called after their name. Look at your neighbor and say, it was the children. These sought their register among those that were reckoned by genealogy, but they were not found. Therefore, were they as polluted and put from the priesthood. Say they were disqualified. They were disqualified. And the Tershatha, which was the governor of that region, said unto them that they should not eat of the most holy things till there stood up a priest with Urim and Thummim. Hallelujah. So the qualification to go and to work was that they had to be of the lineage of Israel. But for 70 years, they had been in a place that they did not belong. For three and a half generations, the enemy had been stealing their identity and their purpose. That's why the enemy's objective has always been to steal your identity in Jesus Christ. Because he understands that within that identity is your purpose. Within that identity is your access uh, to the rights and privileges uh, that come with being a part of the kingdom of God. And so the, since the day of your birth, uh, the enemy has put things in your path uh, to try to rob you of your identity in Jesus Christ because he knows if he can call you to doubt who you are in him, uh, he will effectively take away from you your, uh, your purpose in the kingdom of God. Amen. 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 I know that I wrestled with this myself for a long time. I was, I was born in the country of Brazil in a little town called Cascavel, Paraná, out in the middle of nowhere. I, I, I uh, went back there to visit in 2012 with my family. It was the first time I had been back to Brazil in 30 years. And, uh, and when I arrived in that little city, I was very glad that I didn't live there anymore. Hallelujah. And, uh, and it was nothing to write home about. 
But I remember growing up as a young man, there was a lot of things that I struggled with. There was a lot of things inside of me that the enemy tried to make a part of my identity. And so when I came across purpose in my life, the enemy tried to remind me, hey, you don't have the right name. You don't have the right credentials. What makes you think that you can do anything or be anything in the kingdom of God? You've been disqualified because of your past. You've been disqualified because of the history that's behind you. What makes you think that you could ever get forgiveness? What makes you think that you could ever be a child of God? What makes you think that you can lift your hands and worship in the temple. I know who you are and I know what your history is. This is what the children of Israel were wrestling with as they were coming out of bondage, as they were coming out of captivity. But I have a question for you today. Whose job was it to keep track of the genealogy? Whose job was it to keep a record of their credentials? See, when I needed that job, I had to go to mom and ask her for a copy of the birth certificate. And mom pulled out a copy of the birth certificate. But these children, remember it was the children, these children were born into captivity. They were born into a situation, uh, into bondage uh, that they were not even responsible for. The very reason they were in bondage, the very reason they were in captivity was because of the mistakes uh, of their predecessors, uh, because of failures of people that came before them, uh, but yet they found themselves in a situation uh, where they were paying the price for somebody else's mistakes. And somebody else's mistakes began to be a part of their identity that disqualified them from making the journey to purpose. Mm, hallelujah, hallelujah. When you have no identity, you have no access. You can't gain entrance. You can't use the perks that come with the identity and the enemy understands this. And so he's been whispering in your ear, trying to disqualify you for a long time and say, hey, I know mom and dad were an alcoholic. What makes you think that you could ever be part of the church? I know the abuse that you witnessed. I know the hell that you went through. What makes you think that you could ever lift holy hands in the temple? See, now I'm getting down to where some of you are living. I know the abuse that you suffered. I know the captivity and what you went through and how it affected your mind. I know the depression that you suffer with and the anxiety that keeps you up at night. What makes you think that you could ever do anything in the kingdom of God. Mm, hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is what the children of Israel were struggling with. See, if we don't know whose we are, then how do we know who we are? What is our purpose without an identity to anchor it to? 
If he can steal your identity, he can strip you of purpose and rob you of your future. If the devil can steal your identity in Christ and he can rob you of your authority to use the name of Jesus. If he can steal your identity and your heritage, he can rob you of your access. If he can bring you into captivity, then he can steal your praise. Well, how many of you already know that I came into this building today to preach good news, not bad news. Hebrews 9.15 tells me, I want you to point to yourself and say, this cause, this cause. I want you to make it personal, this cause. For this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. I came here to tell you today that you are no longer bound by the decree of Cyrus. There is a new qualifier. There is a mediator that advocates for your place in the kingdom of God and his name is Jesus Christ. His name name is Jesus Christ. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. See, it's not up to Urim and Thummim anymore. See, Urim and Thummim, there's a lot of conjecture, but the general consensus is Urim and Thummim were a couple of objects that the priest kept in his vesture. And when there was a decision to make and they didn't know what the will of God was, they would throw down Urim and Thummim. And depending on how it laid, uh, they would make a, de a decision uh, based on that. But God said, no, that's not a good system. We're not going to leave it up to chance. We're not going to leave it up to man. We're not going to leave it up to socioeconomic status or where you live or the color of your skin or what your last name is. We're not going to leave it up to Urim and Thummim anymore. We're not going to leave it up to the doctrine of chance. So he took the whole system to court. Mm. Ha. And he represented himself in 1 John 2, 1. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. See, an advocate is someone with authority to negotiate on your behalf. And the great advocate has stood in the courtroom of eternity and negotiated a deal on your behalf. And here is the settlement. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage, of Babylon, of captivity, again to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, the mediator has adopted you. 
when you were born again. You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. What does that mean? It means that the advocate is now your father. The mediator is now your daddy. The only one with authority over all kings just signed your paperwork and made you one of his kids. Hallelujah. See, your destiny is not bound by the disaster of your past. Your future is made sure by the advocate that adopted you. Hallelujah. See, now when the enemy comes up to you and says, let's see some ID. Whoa, shut up. You just pull out your adoption papers signed in the blood of Jesus Christ and you say, I am who I say I am. I'm a son of the great I am. Here is my ID. Here are my credentials. I've been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ and I wear his name. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. His blood purchased you. His name qualifies you. See, all of us must have a moment like Moses did when we realize who we are. Moses said, I refuse to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Every child of God must rise up and say, I refuse to be a product of my environment. I refuse to allow my identity to be integrated with my history that I had no control over. I refuse to allow the potential of my future to be bound by my past. I am a child of Israel. I am a child of Israel. Yes, hallelujah. I take authority over the voice of the enemy that has tried to rob you of your purpose. I take authority over the lies that have tried to mar your history. And I command the restoration and the reconciliation of your heavenly father to come into this service this morning. Ah. Oh, my God. Ah. Oh, Some of you have been living without the benefits for too long. Some of you have been living in defeat 
for too long. Some of you have been convinced that because of mistakes, because of things in your past, that you had to live below the line of what victory mandates. But I'm here today to tell you that there is access granted to the benefits of the kingdom of God. He wants to restore you to a position of victory, in a position of dominion in the kingdom of Almighty God. You don't have to live in that depression. You don't have to live with that addiction. You can have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Some of you going to get your praise back today. Some of you going to get your dance back today. Some of you going to get your joy back this morning. Some of you are going to stop listening to the voice of the adversary that disqualifies you every time you try to make a comeback. You walk in with the mindset, this is my Sunday. Things are going to be different. And the adversary is waiting there at the door. Hey, don't forget, anger got the best of you this week. Don't forget all those days where you didn't get up and pray. Don't you forget how depressed you were all week long. You're never going to fit in here. You're never going to be a part of this. I'm telling you, that's a lie in the name of Jesus Christ. Ah, hallelujah. Jesus is here, and he is ready to wash the filth of this world, this stain of captivity off of your mind, off of your spirit and bring you to a place of liberty and victory in Jesus' name. See, when that prodigal son came back, dad was waiting. He was watching. And he didn't have no checklist. He didn't have a list of requirements. I said, well, if you do this, this, and this, maybe we'll think about taking you back. He didn't slide an application across the table and say, you need to reapply to be part of this family. Oh, no. He ran out with that robe, and he said, let me cover up your mess. Let me cover up that stink of the world that's gotten all over you. Let me cover you in my righteousness. And while I'm at it, let me put some shoes on those feet. Don't you worry about staining the carpet. Don't you worry about getting the floors dirty. Let me put some shoes on your feet. And let me tell you what else, son. Let me put a ring on that finger so you know you can use my name. (laughs) When dad put that ring on his finger, he was telling him, You have been restored the legal right to use my name. 
Some of you have been trying to use the name of Jesus, but you weren't sure if you were allowed. Some of you have been trying to live under that name, but down deep you've had doubt in your spirit. He's here today to put a ring on that finger and let you know you can use his name every time you need it. The next time depression walks into your bedroom, you say, I take authority in the name of Jesus Christ and I command peace that passes understanding to reside in my house. The next time chaos burges through the door, you say in the name of Jesus, peace, be still. Because you're a child of Israel. Uh, hallelujah. Hmm. When's the last time you ran that aisle? When's the last time you danced in that altar? What's been constraining you and holding you back? Is it the captivity that's integrated itself into your identity that keeps you stationary in the presence of the king? See, the enemy understands. You can come to church. But as long as I got you sitting there with your hands down and your mouth shut, I know you're going to walk out that door and everything's going to be the same because the enemy understands when you get a hold of the praise that comes along with being a part of the family. There's nothing. There is nothing. There is nothing that can stop a child of the king. That's what they were doing. They were on their way back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. And you know what happened in Ezra chapter 3? They gathered around the foundation. And the Bible says they worshiped as one. Why? Because they got their name back. 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 And so they got their praise back. I got better news than that. That was Old Testament. Let me tell you, you may be seated. Let me tell you about a couple cats named Paul and Silas. In Acts chapter 16, sitting in a prison cell. You know, we read that like, yeah, sitting in a prison cell. They were in prison. Just let that sink in. You know, like where you can't get out, you don't have the key. And they weren't in an American prison. They weren't eating filet. No, they were in a Roman prison, beaten bloody in the dark at midnight but they began to pray and not only did they begin to pray they began to sing it preaches good don't it 
until you're in that prison. Until you're the one that's beaten and bloody. How could they sing in that situation? Because there was nothing that any king or Roman soldier could ever do that would take away their identity. You see, in Ezra, they had stripped away their identity, and they weren't even reckoned in the genealogy. They couldn't even find their names in the family tree. But Paul and Silas knew, hey, that they were children of Israel, and there was nothing, no place, no situation, no circumstance that could ever take away the fact that they were children of Israel. So they sang. So they sang. So they sang because they were children of Israel. See, the Bible says that they hung their harps in Babylon. There was no singing in Babylon. There was no praise in Babylon. Some of you need to stop letting your circumstance dictate what your identity is. And you better realize that when you went down in the waters of baptism, in the name of Jesus Christ, and you were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you became a child of Israel. So you can sing in any prison cell. You can dance in any church service. You can speak the name in any situation. Why? Because you're a child of Israel. <laughs> Hallelujah. Pastor Keller said there's 15 guests here today. We'd like for you to leave as family members. <laughs> I'd like you to leave knowing that you just got a whole bunch of brothers and sisters as a part of your family. See, I made a mistake earlier. I called Preston my friend. Preston's not my friend. Preston's my brother. We share the same name. We're part of the same family. We're both children of Israel. We both got the same daddy. John 3, 5 says, unless a man is born of the water, that's baptism in Jesus' name, and of the Spirit, that's the infilling of the Holy Ghost, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. I don't know what you drug in here with you today. I don't know what your history has said to you or how it's disqualified your future, but I want you to know that you can leave here today with new papers, with new credentials uh, signed uh, by Jesus Christ uh, that make you a part uh, of his family. I'd like for the musicians to come if they would. I'm going to close.
for those of you that came into this place today not knowing who you really are maybe you're confused about your place in his kingdom uncertain about your life and its direction maybe you're unsure about your purpose or you're mixed up in a past that has marred you surviving in the present but overshadowed by your history if you walked in here today with a lineage that you wish that you could sever a story that you wish that you could forget I want you to remember John 3, 5. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. You don't like your family? Hey, I get it. You can be born again. You want to get rid of that mother-in-law? You can be born again. Hallelujah. Hey, let me tell you, you can leave here today as a part of a new family with new brothers, with new sisters, with a mama that's your church and daddy who's Jesus Christ. And he'll take care of you from now through eternity. Preston, I got two things in my in the breast pocket of my coat there on the inside. If you could bring those to me. I shared with you that I was born in Brazil. So my mom, who's here today, let's give her a round of applause just for being here. Hallelujah. Sorry, mom, I forgot to mention you. My mom's an American. My brother is a... Or, my father is a Brazilian. My mother's an American. So I have dual citizenship. I got a U.S. passport, and I got a Brazilian passport. Now, I've gone to Brazil a few times over the last several years, and when I go, when I enter into Brazil, I pull out my Brazilian passport, and that gets me in the shorter, faster line. Because they say, hey, he's one of us. No problem. Let him in. And then when I come back, I use my American passport. And I get in the shorter line. And they say, hey, he's one of us. Let him in. Works out very well for me. Hallelujah. I'm going to read to you a passage of scripture. It's my last one. And you could stand with me if you would. It's Luke 13. Verse 24, strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. When once the master of the house is risen up and hath shut the door, and ye began to stand without and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. And he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence you are. Then shall ye begin to say, We have eaten and drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence you are. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. A few years ago, I had to go to uh, Washington, D.C. to go to the Brazilian consulate because my passport was expiring. 
had to get it updated because I wanted to be able to get in when I got there. That decree of Cyrus, it won't be the last decree. One day the king of kings is going to blow a trumpet. And he's going to say, it's time to return to Judah. It's time to return to praise. And we're all going to come marching. We're going to line up. And when we get there, they're going to say, I just need to see your ID. And when I get there, if I pull out this Brazilian passport, they're going to say, I'm sorry, but we can't let you in with that. I'm going to say, oh, I know what you need. Land of the free, home of the brave. Surely this will get me in one nation under God. They're going to say, I'm sorry, sir. Today, only citizens of Israel come through the gate. Some of us are going to say, but... But I was there. Remember, I I came on Christmas uh, and I came on Easter. Remember, I was a tourist. I I was there from time to time. I I heard some of the teaching. I I remember experiencing uh, your presence in an altar one time. He's going to say, I'm I'm sorry. But today, it's going to take a valid passport to get through the gate. I got good news for you today. That trumpet has not yet sounded. And the consulate of heaven has Sunday hours. It's open today. And they're accepting all applicants. There's nothing in your past that will disqualify you today from getting a new ID that says you're a child of Israel. You're a child of Israel. And that concludes this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. And for those of you on iTunes, Leave us a good rating. Thank you for listening to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast.